Good morning, good people. It's your host, B.A., and I'm back on your head once again with another episode of the Just My Opinion podcast. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You could be anywhere in the world, but your ears are right here with me, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and get into it with another wonderful week full of sports. Our queen, Naomi Osaka, is out of the French Open going on right now with a sore hamstring. That was the injury that she had in the U.S. Open. Just last week, it was taped, and you used to see her banging on it, kind of get the blood flowing, get everything moving and going correctly. So she's out, and she said it was a little too close in between uh, tournaments for her to kind of get ready the way she needed to. So shout out to you for all your winning and everything that you've been doing, putting on for the culture. Have a safe and wonderful recovery. We'll see you next time. Um, I do also want to start off this show with a little bit of advice to my good people over there at the Worldwide of Sports over there at ESPN. Pay Pat McAfee. Whatever you have to do to get him off YouTube, whatever it is, get him in your building. You have dropped the ball on him way too much. I don't really criticize networks, but I, I've been watching ESPN my whole life. And if nobody else notices notices it, I'm going to point it out. They are in a dumpster fire right now. The talent that they have on air is horrible to me. Pat McAfee is one of the top five people on TV sports announcing. He does everything. He has his own show on YouTube going crazy every single day. That's going on live. When the XFL was jumping off, he was on the sidelines going crazy back and forth. He can switch to whatever type of style you need him to do. I saw he was it brought him on ESPN at the end of last week to talk about the Thursday night game. And man, from get up for two or three hours of get up, the, the Zubin Keyshawn show all morning up until I think he was even on first take a little bit. I'm, I go look at the ratings. I bet they jumped up. The man is wonderful. But jumping into the NFL update that we had this week, we're going to start off on a not so good note because there were a lot of injuries yesterday. I don't know if it's because of the whole training camp COVID-19 thing and teams adjusting and who knows. But going down the injury update, unfortunately, Saquon Barkley, go ahead and start with him, get him out the way. Christian McCaffrey, Drew Locke, Jimmy G, Nick Bosa, Anthony Barr, Devontae Adams, and Byron Jones, just to name a few. That is a lot of big-time talent going out yesterday. So if you have any of those guys in fantasy, if those guys just happen to even play for your team, or if you just lived under a rock and didn't know it happened, I told you, there you go. There have also been some concerns about uh, the MetLife Stadium turf. The 49ers had three knee injuries and an ankle injury yesterday, just yesterday. Um, they were saying that the the turf was a little sticky to come in and out of. Uh, that's obviously that's obviously something that they're gonna have to watch. We don't need to see that every week because obviously, if you do remember, there are not one but two teams that play at that stadium. So definitely more people to be able to get hurt if that grass or that turf isn't necessarily up to code or feels necessary to play on. But moving right along into the games of yesterday, yesterday was such a crazy day of football, in my opinion. Unfortunately, I'm just going to go ahead and, and get the real big one for my home state out the way. The Dirty Birds took an L to the Cowboys, of all people, yesterday. They lost that game 39-40. to 40. Watching that game in the beginning, I thought, that okay, cool, 
you know, the A is going to have a nice day. You know, I can go on Facebook, Twitter, ESPN, text message, and, you know, not see any fire Dan Quinn or anything. And so right around when it started happening, you, you just feel the energy, like the energy of the whole state just it just goes just goes around like you just every people you walk by in the grocery store, you know, they they was, hey, how you doing? And then all of a sudden you see them on aisle 13, 20 minutes later. And now they got a grumpy look on their face. You know what I'm saying? It, it, people, it, man, I, I got a group text and my family going crazy. You know, my my father-in-law, he just he, he has a thing for. Dan Quinn, he's been wanting to fire him since about last year. I think he's going to get his wish. Uh, for that, this doesn't prove anything to me. You beat maybe the third best team in the division out of respect. Carolina's not playing as trash as I felt like they might have. So, you know, it could easily be fourth. But, you know, just out of respect, second or third team in that division, eh, eh, I, I need to see more. From both teams, it really it was a fun game because of how how both of the teams play to me. Dan Quinn on on that onside kick, um, I, I I think you might just need to reread some of the rules of an onside kick. There's some there, you know. I'm not a coach, you know. I other than matter, you know. But I believe that there are there are some things that you probably could have taking advantage of in that moment to make sure that you fall on the ball. But, you know, that's not my job. Also, closing out that game, CeeDee Lamb looks like a number one receiver to me. I don't know if it's Amari Cooper's personality, but, you know, when when the going got tough, I always saw CeeDee Lamb. When the going got tough, I always saw Zeke. When the going got tough, I always see Michael Gallup. Mari Cooper, he does his thing. I'm not saying he's he's trash or anything like that, but you know, you know, you know those moments when you see him. And I'm starting to see more CD Lamb, hear more CD Lamb, CD Lamb than Cooper. Moving right along, my New York Giants lost to the Chicago Bears 17-13 yesterday. We're not gonna talk much about that game. It's gonna highly piss me off. Saquon possibly torn ACL. We'll see how that goes. We'll know probably. The answer to that probably by 12 o'clock today, if not before. Um, it was a hard game to watch just because, once again, the two types of teams that was playing. But it was cool to see them go back and forth. Uh, Big Mitch up there in Chicago obviously does not want to lose his job to Nick Foles. He's been playing pretty all right, at least playing with a with a different passion. He's not as cool, calm, and collected before. He looks a little more fiery to me, you know, through it, whether it be through his play or through his actions. He, he seems like, mm, it's my job to lose, and I'm not trying to give it up. Green Bay beat Detroit yesterday, 42-21. Jacksonville is looking good, even though they lost to Tennessee 33-30 yesterday. It's, it's, you can lose, in my opinion, you can lose, but it's something about fight. I love fight. If you lose fighting hard, take you know taking every opportunity you can to try to win the game, I can't be mad at that. I can't be mad at that at all. For all those that thought Jacksonville was going to be tanking, obviously that is not the case. Or maybe they just got the right pieces in the locker room at the moment. Who knows? But we'll see in the weeks coming up. Indianapolis beat Minnesota, excuse me, 28-11. Yesterday, Indy, I don't really know what to say too much about Indy or Minnesota. It looks like they're going to have roller coaster years this year. I know it's only been two weeks, but 
we need to start to see some type of consistency or at least, you know, plant, plant that seed of consistency. I don't, I don't like, I don't really too much like to see complete changes in week one to two, unless you played bad and started playing very well, you know, depending on the team you played, things like that. But I, I, I'm going to keep my eye on both of those teams. That was just kind of weird how they played, how they came off. I know both of them are trying to go for divisional crowns. Buffalo beat Miami. Miami falls to 0-2 in division games. I, like I said last week, I hate that scheduling is like that. And so that's going to be a big hole for them to come out of. Buffalo looks really good. Maybe just getting Josh Allen some receivers and weapons was going to be the thing for him. Obviously, he, he's going in the right direction. He's ascending. Um, he's not going backwards. That's always good to see. Um, San Fran, they beat the Jets yesterday, 31-13. I listed all the injuries that they had in that game. Who will? Who knows how Jimmy G will respond going forward with his injury. We'll see what goes on today with uh, with Bosa. Uh, their running back got hurt too. So we'll, we'll just see. They, they might be pretty banged up. And once again, the only reason I keep bringing up injuries and how people are playing in such detail right now is that I just feel like because of the new type of season that we're in with the new playoff schedule that we're in, these games count a lot more a lot early, in my opinion. So I, I I like to see who comes out the gate, almost kind of like the NBA bubble. Who's coming out the gate, you know, ready to play with something to play for, you know, with a with a sense of urgency is what I guess is what I'm looking at. Philly lost 37-19 to the Rams, who looked good. Carson Wentz is in a world of trouble by his fans, not necessarily by me. Um, And once again, it's for the same reason. I just don't know how much time you're going to have to be able to turn it around. Every year, more teams get better. Like I just said, we have a new schedule change as far as this year. So I just, I I, I really don't know. I think they're still obviously uh, a top three team in the division. Obviously, they're going to be fighting for that, you know, that two spot, probably one, two spot. Um, Washington kind of let me down yesterday. So that's going to really depend on their offense. But the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles, that's always kind of, that's, that's going to be the one and two unless Washington just comes out the woodwork, you know, with some type of consistency, even though I love their defense. Pittsburgh beat Denver 26-21. Let's watch out for what's going on with Drew Locke. I don't know the the full extent of it, how how long it may keep him out, but he is injured. Tampa Tom and the Bucks defeated Carolina 31-17 yesterday. Like I said before, you do not want to play them later on in the year. As they figure things out, as they start to get some type of consistency and some identity for themselves as the offense, I'm pretty sure you're not going to want to see them after week seven or eight. Pretty sure. They're playing good now. They're figuring things out now. They're winning now. You saw Leonard Fournette yesterday. That was a good sighting to see. Should have picked him up in fantasy. Follow your first mind for all my fantasy people. Do that. Um, Arizona beat Washington yesterday. Kyler Murray is looking good this season, but once again, it's early, and he's in a very, very hard division. So that's always kind of where my, oh, that team is playing good. That's that's kind of where that stops. I look at their division. Are the other teams in the division who are either at the top, you know, before them last year at the top right now, are they still playing well? San Fran is going to be consistent, whether no matter who's injured or not, in my opinion, they run the ball. They play good, solid defense, but we just have to see who's hurt. 
Seattle, we're seeing what they're doing. Russell Wilson is definitely my MVP right now, but we'll talk about we'll talk about them a little bit more in detail in just a second. Baltimore smacked Houston 33-16 yesterday. Somebody in Houston needs to go call D-Hop, tell him you're sorry, get him back in the building. That's not going to happen. So keep wasting Watson's career, but hey, you gave him some money. Shout out to you, my boy. Make you work the best you can. Kansas City beat the Chargers yesterday, 23-20 in the 4 o'clock game yesterday. That game was really, really dope. I think everybody's always on pins and needles when the third and fourth quarter comes in a Kansas City football game, and they are not in the lead. But, of course, they came back in Kansas City fashion, a couple of deep balls, score, 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 quick, 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 bam, bam, we're back in the game, usually how it goes. Like we said last week, Tyrod is cursed, and Justin Herbert started the game yesterday. That boy can sling the football. The whole offense changed. Man, I was I had Austin Eckler in fantasy. I was like, okay, cool. Austin Eckler still going to get his touches that in third. Barely saw him as a back for the rest of the game. Um, they moved him all around the field. We saw so many formation changes. We saw trips right, trips left, four left, four wide, left, everything. Just uh, There was another running back that they have, so I'm even kind of concerned about Eckler's touches at this point, but we'll see as the weeks go on. Um, Herbert made some rookie mistakes, but, you know, that's 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 to be expected. Uh, one of that, that really just pops in my head, uh, he scrambled escape to the left and through the well, it was pretty much on the pick that he threw. He had the first down. He was so close to the first down that by the time he got done whipping his body around to throw the football, he landed over the first down mark. So like, dude, just and it, and there's not as much time left. You could have had out of bounds, could have got as many yards as you want. Rookie mistakes, it happens. But I I see nothing but promise coming from Justin Herbert as long as he plays the way that. He played yesterday. But the game of the night, the Seahawks beat Ace Boogie in the Pats 35-30. Uh, for all of my people, you know exactly where I'm going. Who said that Cam Newton can't throw the football? That That's me waiting for your response. Cam Newton can throw the football. He made every throw yesterday. The only throw that I saw that he missed was the one to Julian Edelman in the end zone. I'll just call that one a 50-50 ball. Could he have thrown that one a little softer, a little more touch? Yeah. Uh, could Edelman have caught that ball? Yeah. You know, and that that one that that one's e- either way. Either way. You know, could it could he, like I say, could he have placed it a little bit better? Yeah, but that happens in football. It's not always going to be a perfect ball. It was definitely between your hands. You know, it looked really like one of them old school Michael Vick balls that that used to tear up Roddy White's fingers back in the day. But, you know, still a catchable football, in my opinion. But, hey, all in all, what I like to say about that game is that I'm proud of both sides. I called Russell Wilson my MVP. I think he's going to do some fabulous things, not only this year, but he's been doing it. But the Pats still haven't figured out their new toy yet, obviously. I got a hot take. I got a hot take. I got a hot take. I feel like by week, hmm, I'm going to just say half. By week eight, definitely by week 10, the Patriots will trade for Odell Beckham Jr., 
I I think I think that I think that's gonna happen. I think that they're gonna trade for Odell Beckham Jr. That's just my little quick hot take. It just crossed my mind. Hopefully it happens so I can just look like a wizard. But you know, but the the sea the Seahawks look good. Jamal Adams look good. Their defense still has some improvements to make, but they're solid nonetheless. The pass defense is solid nonetheless. I know there was a lot of questions about the people who opted out for them. They're still solid, um, especially on on the back end. Um, they still got some push up front. Their middle of the defense, the Pats, I mean, uh, they're solid. Like, they fill their gaps. They're always where they should be. Are they always fast enough or, or athletic enough to get there or to make a dynamic play? Not at the moment from my eyes, but that can obviously change as the season goes on. But tonight, we have the Monday Night Football game live from the Death Star. That is the dopest name in football to me. We have the Saints and the Raiders at 8. Once again, that is the dopest name I've ever heard of. I saw the beginning stages of the stadium last year. Um, I, I took a trip out to Vegas and kind of saw as they were they, they were building that. Uh, it looked real dope. The over I can't really can't wait for the overhead shots tonight. Those look dope as well from the kind of the previews that I've seen, but I kind of want to see the full overhead, multiple shots throughout the night. I just think it's gonna go crazy, like have that solid black dome and in like, Vegas is Vegas is just dope. If you haven't been to Vegas at night, you won't know what I'm talking about. Google it. But if you have, you know what I'm talking about. I expect a high scoring game, even though we should not have Michael Thomas tonight. I still expect a high scoring game. High scoring to me is anything twenty one or above. You know, I just think it's just kind of hard in, in this type of league to do that unless you're Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, people of that nature. But it's the first NFL game in Vegas. Um, Las Vegas has some weapons. I, I like I like Josh Jacobs. I like uh Ruggs. I like I like a lot of Las Vegas. I I just don't it's not their time yet, but it's like a trap game. They're one of those trap game teams. You guys gotta be you guys gotta be extra careful when you play them. Just to make sure you beat them, you don't get talked about. And you know, they may they'll play hard and they'll, you know, there's some things will happen. But it's definitely a game that the Saints should win. I expect a lot of Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. I have Josh Jacobs in fantasy, so I hope he goes off. If you have him, let's all, you know, touch and agree with, with social distancing that he goes off today. But moving on into the NBA, the Eastern Conference Finals is 2-1 right now in favor of the Miami Heat. Defense is winning this series right now. Um, Jimmy is the most awkward star that I've ever seen. What I mean by awkward is like he doesn't, the conventional things that we think stars are supposed to do, okay, well, we see that, you know, we need a bucket. Okay, it's time for the star. Okay, where are you? Okay, star. And... You know, either Jimmy sometimes can't get his own shot or he'll miss a shot or, you know, this, this you know, turn the ball over. And as soon as you kind of halfway get upset with them, there's a steal. Oh, there's another steal to a bucket. Oh, okay, a steal to a three. He always, he he's even kill. I love him so much because he's even kill. You just whatever he doesn't do on the offensive side, he's gonna make up for on the defensive side. And please don't let it be a game to where his offensive side is clicking, because his defensive side is always gonna be clicking as well. So you just the leadership that he's bringing to that team. 
But the Celtics did bounce back in game three. Gordon Hayward did return. Like I said, uh, he can return all he wants to. I just feel like you need to lean on them young boys. Keep him there for, you know, helping in insurance, but just don't mess up the chemistry. Just don't. Because the only thing that I was watching for is, okay, is if Gordon's in the game, who's not? Um, They actually took the center out, which was kind of cool. It, it, it helped. It helped. I didn't know if it was just like a, for the Celtics, was just like a game three, just backs against the wall, and we just need to make sure that we get this win, or is this exactly what they're going to look like going forward for the rest of this series? and beyond but game four is on tuesday we are off tonight with no games in the nba moving on to the western conference finals the lakers are up 2-0 on the nuggets last night anthony davis hit the game winner they said he yelled out kobe you know they were in the black mamba jerseys the nuggets they came out good you know they're, they're not playing bad but you know they look like the inferior younger team or they look like the team that's come back from 3-1, but then they just kind of get deflated. And and, and just, just things happen when you're a young team. This is why I always say that the older teams always win. You know, they they came out bad in those last two possessions. They should have they should have got that rebound or at least saved that ball. That would have ended the game. You know, uh, Plumlee should have ran out a little bit hard on AD on that three. There wasn't even a pick there for you to get held up. Uh, the Joker tried to make a wonderful defensive play. I think his matchup is so weird. The Joker is who I'm talking about. His matchup is so weird because his advantage is in his passing game, but it's, the question is where are you going to use his his gift? Are you going to use it outside of the post where he can score some depending on who's in the game? I just worry about McGee. I worry about Howard. You know, they, they, they smack his stuff all over the place a lot of the time. You know, he has to really – the effort is, is what I'm getting. He has to try really, really hard on the inside. On the outside, he's not as effective. Uh, he is effective, but not as effective. But it still is an advantage from being able to control the offense and push the ball from out there, have those bids come out there. Uh, it's just really it's really a chess match, man. Um, I don't even know if the NBA is real, man. This same turnover stuff happened the same. The last time the Nuggets were in the Western Conference Finals, shout out to Melo and that team. I love that series. Um, there is no answer for LeBron. Anywhere I thought size wise that they could and which they do. I mean, and what I mean size wise, I just literally mean you looking at the TV and LeBron isn't five, four inches taller than the person he's guarding. Plumley's tall enough, Grant's tall enough, Millsap's tall enough, Michael Porter's tall enough, all these people are tall enough, but they have kind of the, the body and the grit and you know the re- the rest of the intangibles to even look like you're making a a dent or any type of movement in the direction of stopping LeBron that hasn't shown up yet to my eyes. But like, again, like we'll, we'll see these kids have come back from three, one twice. That won't happen this time. I suggest you don't do that, but we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Once again, I don't know if the NBA is even real because either to me, we're at least this is what I hope we're either going to get Lakers Celtics for the 50 millionth time, which is fine. Or we're going to get the Lakers or LeBron versus Pat Riley. As far as history goes and, and, and you know, writing stuff down, I'm good with either one of them. Either one of them. Because, you know, Lakers, Lakers, Celtics, that that nostalgic feeling for that, 
Then they're going to add the Kobe thing into it. Then they're going to, and it's in Orlando, you know, just there, there have already been memes going around trying to compare and match up, you know, this championship and, and Kobe's championship. Like it was a lot. They, they're doing a lot, but of course that's the NBA. That's what they do. Uh, closing out, um, the NBA, two more things. The NBA draft date has changed to November 18th. It was supposed to have been October, I believe, but they moved it back to the 18th. The latest mock draft that Bleach Report came out with is really kind of more my style of what I think is probably going to happen in this draft. I'm not going through the whole one through 10. I'm just giving you the top three because that's really all I care about. Uh, it It has the Minnesota Timberwolves taking Anthony Edwards. It has the Golden State Warriors trading um, ball, LaMelo ball. And then third, you got James Wiseman. I think it's going to more so go like that only because I just feel like there's something. I I feel like people are sleeping on Golden State. I feel like people think because they got injured, you know, that last finals, that okay, cool, we saw the end, KD left, that's the end of the book. I really don't think that's the case. I really, I like the Andrew Wiggins pickup. I like, I like the promise in last year and the fact that those young players had to play. So it's really like a tryout year. Who can really play? Who can we really fit into our system? And when our stars come back, who is somebody that can either be in this starting lineup or be a valuable contributor off the bench? Is all that they're looking at. That's it. So can that second pick turn into more picks? Like who would give you the kitchen sink and more just to get their one point guard to stick them in a bad organization? Who knows? I I I I think I really think I really think they're gonna they're gonna trade that. I think that there's other players that can fit their needs lower in the draft. They don't need a star. But that's that's just my opinion. Um, And really, the other two, I think they both fit. I think Charlotte could definitely benefit from having Wiseman. I think that Minnesota can benefit from having Edwards. I don't like Ball and D'Lo on the same team. I just think that's highly unnecessary in my head. That's really the main reason why I really I would love Ball to go to either go to Golden State to stay or go to Golden State and be traded. I really don't care. But that's just me. Going on into other news to close out the shore. The show. Going into other news to close out the show. Deion Primetime Sanders is the new head coach of Jackson State University. Jackson State is HBCU in Mississippi. Um, and bringing the greatest cornerback of all time to be your coach on his face is is great. I I saw it. I really didn't know how to react to it other than, you know, being happy. Of course, you get the rush and the spirit of everything going on right now. You're like, cool, a step in the right direction. Cool, it's a, you know, just thinking of those kids that could potentially go or think of all the kids that just off of this weekend want to go to Jackson State because he's there. You know, just thinking of the kids that are are getting recruited and you walk in the house from school and, and Prime is, is sitting talking to mama. You know, I, I can't. I really can't speak on the on the college, you know, the deep college recruitment process, but I'm pretty sure, you know, if it's prime sitting and talking to your mama, having a glass of iced tea versus somebody else, 
you know, you may think you're either more important or, you you know, it, it make, make, make you feel bigger than what you are. You know, you might get starstruck in there a little bit. Um, obviously, but you know, I keep things very, very, very objective around here. And I saw some things going on online that just brought up some questions. Um, and not from, you know, regular Joes like me or you, but some people who actually kind of have somewhat of a, a resume, if you will, in the lane that we're speaking of right now. So some of them were coaches and some of them had played, you know, collegiate, if not on a higher level, things of that nature. So this is a quick devil's advocate moment. They had questions about his resume, which is fair. I mean, he hasn't been a head coach before. I mean, as far as right now, he's an offensive coordinator at uh, Trinity Christian right there in Texas. That's his job right now. So, I mean, that, that I guess that is fair. Like, how, It's more than just being on the field and, and being a coach. And, you know, one of the other big things was – questions about the facilities like how quickly are you going to be able to change that and how quickly are you going to be able to get support change the culture and things like that nobody was in this saying it's going to take time and then the question becomes how much time does he actually have nobody felt like he couldn't do the job um but it was it was just more it was more questions being raised because it's it's a harder job than what they promote and they were saying that especially with it being an hbcu that more eyes will be on you, you know, it's going to be more pressure on you to succeed, you know, those those types of things. So let's be on the watch and see how he does. Best of luck to you, Prime. I hope that you do a wonderful job and just bring a slew of kids. Um, and for those that don't know, Jackson State is the HBCU in the MI, Cricket Letter, Cricket Letter I, Cricket Letter, Cricket Letter I, Humpback, Humpback I. For those that don't know or live under a rock, that is Mississippi. Um but like, like I said, man, best of luck to Prime, man. That's good that you want to see. Closing out the show, I want to give you one thing that I found that was pretty interesting in NCAA. Um, kind of just staying in that realm. I know that uh, the SEC and Big Ten, everybody's kind of starting their seasons, and everybody they're trying to figure all that stuff out. But just something pretty interesting that I came across. Um, if you have a second today, go look up the coaching diversity pledge. Players that just came out that 30 Division I schools have signed already. It says that schools must have a finalist pool. This is directed towards coaching, trying to, as far as directly trying to tackle the matter of minority coaches, you know, across college football. We have that same problem in the NFL, NBA, so on and so forth. So this is their way of taking a step in the quote unquote right direction as far as this issue is concerned says the schools must have a finalist pool that includes at least one candidate from a traditionally underrepresented program and one non-diverse candidate in football and basketball i i shortened it like that because they said men's and women's basketball and football Like probably like you are feeling right now, I need to go and look and see. And this is the thing and what I always like to bring stuff like this up. And this is why people tell you to go read. I don't know how many got that the first time, but I don't know who knows what a traditionally underrepresented background is. 
Like that's a lot of words to describe one thing. I could probably I could figure it out, but all I'm saying is off a of first read, that sounds like some hidden stuff in in between it. And of course, the only sports that you're doing this for is football and basketball. But if you feel like I'm being a little too inquisitive, let's go and let's go into a little bit of a deeper dive. Thirty Division One schools have already signed it. Thirty. That's good, right? Thirty, you know, it's a lot of Division One schools, but 30, 30 is a nice jump. Texas A and M is the only Power Five school to sign thus far. If you are not aware of what a Power Five school is, it's your UGAs, your Alabamas, your USC's, your Big Ten schools, your Michigans, Ohio States, those types of things. The only one has been Texas A&M. UGA? Nope. Alabama? Nope. USC? Nope. Florida? Nope. Clemson? Nope. Ohio State? Nope. Michigan? Nope. You ain't hear your team, huh? Hmm. Just wanted to bring that to your attention. But they're trying. The coaching diversity pledge. The pledge. Not law. Pledge. Pledge. Let's. How how far has have has the pledge gone in your life? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I found that article. Uh, watch your TV today throughout this week, and you know, hit me up. Let me know how many times that we hear any of those two top two topics. In, in lengthy detail, not just the five minutes and by the time you click to the next channel, they're done talking about it. How many times did we hear they talk about Deion Primetime Sanders and his coaching and the coaching diversity pledge? I'm going to be watching. I hope you're watching. But as always, man, thank you. Follow, share the show. Remember to go and get your absentee ballots. Go ahead and fill them out. Get registered. Be a presence in your community, man. Like, share, and follow the page at 3 Cent Media, man. Text it to your friends. Get the link out, man. Get the word out, man. We're still growing. We're still grinding, man. Week by week, we're getting better and better, man. I love you all. That's my time for today. It's your host, B.A. Stat, pray, and stay out the way. It's another episode of the Just My Opinion Podcast.